0: When upon life's
1: God's goodness today, and we're going to do that with two songs. This one, I always call it Thank You for the Cross, Lord, and I end up confusing the worship team when they're trying to find the music because that's the way it, it starts. But it's actually worthy as the lamb, and both those things are true. We're going to sing that, then we're going to read some Scripture together, and then we're going to sing about God's goodness. And if these songs are ones you know really well, then you sing out. If they're newer to you, then you kind of sing as you can, and you'll learn them. But I think that you'll be blessed as we worship together. Let's lift our voices. Let's stand together and we'll sing Worthy is the Lamb.
0: mercy never fails me. In all my days, I've been held in your hands. And from the moment that I've
1: already. I won't have to preach long today. Uh, Those boys and girls headed out to Children's Church, you can go that way. We appreciate so much those who labor and serve. Uh, What beautiful decorations we have before us today. Appreciate all those who do that, work behind the scenes, work with our kids, work in the sound, work in audio, work in greeting. So many people uh, that make possible what we're doing today. Well, I hope that we are thankful. I hope that today we have really just thought a little bit about the blood of the Lord Jesus and His goodness to us. You know, if you've been around our church for any amount of time, you've probably noticed that we have a wide variety of music. Uh, We sing great hymns with the piano and the organ. Uh, We sing more modern worship songs with a worship band. Uh, If you come on a regular basis, you'll hear children's choirs and preschool choirs, uh, handbell choir, uh, various styles of worship. And I want you to know that is intentional. Because we believe that that is biblical. Uh, The Bible talks a lot. It mentions a variety of worship instruments. It mentions choirs. It mentions psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so we've decided that we're going to embrace and keep the older music. And we're going to embrace and we're going to open ourselves up to newer forms of expression. You know, some churches only have one kind, and that's their right. That's their decision. Uh, And they can do what they like because we believe in the autonomy of the local church. So uh, we just heard a tremendous song from our music ministry here. Thank you Jesus for the blood applied. And now we're going to go the other way and we're going to focus for a few minutes on one of the older songs. If you grew up in church, in fact, you may have sung this song your entire life. So we're going to do something a little bit different today for just a few minutes. I need you to get your Bible in one hand and your hymnal in the other. We're going to use both today as we go to the Word. If you have your Bible, if you'll turn to Psalm 68, and I'll let you know in a little bit where to go in the hymnal, all right? But just make sure you've got your Bible and your hymnal, and you're going to need one of these tags as well uh, before we're done. So make sure you've got that. I know that's a lot to balance, uh, but just hang with me, and we're going to look together today at the Word. As I was thinking about today, as I was thinking about Thanksgiving, you know, one of the challenges in ministry is every year, did you all notice that Thanksgiving and Christmas comes? And so we have to think about those things, and we ought to think about those things. But as I was thinking about this and trying to figure out where exactly... I had gone to another psalm, and I worked on it, and I, I kind of was looking at it, and kinda, I just couldn't get anywhere. I told uh, Danielle, um, I, just, I just can't seem to get anywhere with this. And so I prayed, and, and I couldn't get away from a phrase... Uh, that appears in a, a different psalm. And so I decided, okay, well, let's go to that psalm. And in just a little bit, uh, I felt like that's where the Lord wanted us to go. So we're going to look at just one verse today. So you're in the book of Psalms. If you'll find Psalm 68, please. <coughs> psalm 68. We're just going to look at one verse of Scripture and a phrase that would not leave me as I thought about our time today. Psalm 68. We're going to look at verse number 19. Psalm 68, verse 19. It says, blessed be the Lord, and here's the phrase that I couldn't get away from, who daily loads us with benefits. Who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. That's Psalm 68, verse 19 from the New King James Version. Now that phrase in the middle, who daily loads us with benefits, would not leave me. Now I'm aware if you're using a different translation other than the King James and the New King James, you probably have a different rendering from the Hebrew. Remember, the Old Testament is primarily written in Hebrew, translated into English. Aren't you glad about that? Because if it was in Hebrew, we'd be in trouble, right? Because we can't read Hebrew. And so it's translated. You may have a slightly different... But I love the way the King James, the New King James, phrases that when it talks about the Lord daily loading us with benefits. So I want to think about that and think about this verse for just a few minutes before we really express our thanksgiving today. As we think about our great God, I want you to notice from that verse that this tells us who He is. This verse tells us who He is. Here we're told that He is the Lord and that He is the God of our salvation. That's what Psalm 68 19 says. He is Lord. That means He is Master. He is in charge If nothing else, in our world, when it seems like everything is out of control, where chaos seems to be reigning, aren't you glad that you know the one who is in absolute, total control? He is Lord. And He is in control. And He is the Master. And we can rest in that today. He's also the God of our salvation. He's the one that redeemed us by the blood of His Son the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this verse tells us who He is, but it also tells us what He does. If you notice, and this comes to that phrase that I couldn't get away from, it says here that He loads us with benefits. He loads us with blessings. And not just once, and not just once in a while, not just occasionally, it says in the verse that He daily loads us with benefits. What provision is described here? He is not stingy. He is not sparse in what He gives to us. It says that He loads us down. Think about your plate on Thursday. Now, I know you're, you've been thinking about it a lot. I want you to think about your plate on Thursday. And I imagine it's going to look a lot like this. It's going to be loaded down. That kind of gives you a picture of what's being talked about here. Daily, the Lord loads us with benefits. We could talk about the sunshine. We could talk about oxygen. We could talk about all sorts of things. Daily, He loads us down with blessings. Mm -hmm. Not stingy, not sparse. Generous, gracious, kind, good. Just unloading on us. Just giving us over and over and over again. And not just today, but tomorrow. And not just today and tomorrow. He did it yesterday. He did it the day before that. He's done it every day of our life. I like that song that Samantha led us in today, the goodness of God. All my life, we sang, remember, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Daily, He loads us with blessings. But then I want you to notice, it tells us not only who He is and what He does, but then it goes on to tell us really what we should do. So now we're, we're looking at God, and now we turn and look at ourselves and what should be our response when it comes to this good God, who, this Lord, this Master, this Savior, who loads us with blessings? Well, notice the first word of the verse. It says, bless. Bless be the Lord God. We should bless Him. We should praise Him. We should thank Him. We should speak of Him words of excellence. That's what it means to be blessed. We should acknowledge who He is. We should acknowledge what He does, not only in saving us, not only for the spiritual blessings, but daily providing spiritual and physical blessings to us. But this is where the struggle comes at times, isn't it? We get busy. We get distracted. We, we get in a hurry. You ever get tired of hurrying? This past week I was hurrying. I'm just, I just, I'm just tired of hurrying. I'm tired of, of rushing. We get busy. We get distracted. We get hurried. Uh, the busyness of life, it, it leaves us exhausted and we just don't take the time that we ought to, to bless the Lord like we should. And this is where the hymnal is going to come in today. Now we've been singing all service. We opened up with two hymns, then we sang two worship songs, then we had an offertory uh, praise song, and, and then we had uh, this special that we did today. Now, Now I want to set the stage for this hymn we're going to look at today. I want to read you, if that's okay, um, from Clint Bonner's book, A Hymn is Born. So, uh, So this is a chapter called A Father Inspires His Son. So let me just show you what it says here. The elder Johnson Oatman had a rich, powerful voice. To the people of the town of Lumberton, New Jersey, their local merchant was the best singer in the state. That's why Johnson Oatman, Jr., always sat next to his father in church. That's why as a small boy, he stood on the pew and looked over the same book with his father. He loved church music, and he loved to hear his father sing. Perhaps that is why Johnson Oatman Jr. grew into manhood with a fervent desire to contribute something to the faith of his father. As a junior member in the firm of Johnson Oatman and Son, a young Oatman found little outlet for his religious ambitions. So he studied for the ministry and was ordained. But the limits of one Methodist church narrowed his horizon. He went from one pulpit to another as a local preacher, but still he was not content. Johnson Oatman was 36 years old when he found his talent. If he could not sing like his father, he could write songs for others to sing. He had found a medium with no limits. He could reach millions through his sermons. Now, it was 1892 that Oatman took up his pen. And in three years, the world was singing hundreds of his songs. Among them was the favorite, There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. In 1898, the presses rolled off a number that is found in hymnals around the world. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. So you already know a couple of his songs. They tell us here that he wrote an average of 200 gospel songs a year. And he wrote that many songs for more than a quarter of a century. In fact, his total output was Past the 5,000 mark. Imagine writing that many songs. But it was in 1897. So that's been a little while ago. I don't think anybody was around that's here today. Uh, 1897, that Johnson Oatman Jr. wrote what has been regarded as his most popular song. And it was composer EO XL who set it to music. Of this song that we're going to look at here in just a second... Uh, Evangelist Gypsy Smith once said, Men sing it, boys whistle it, and women rock their babies to sleep with the tune. Now, maybe you're wondering, what is the song? What is the song? Well, would you like to know what the song is? All right, if you have your hymnal, if you'll open it to number 585, you'll find the song. Now, it may look familiar. And you may have think, well, I think we've sung this at some point. (laughs) We sang this today. The song, of course, is Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Now, what I want to do is I want to go through this song because I believe that Johnson Oakman Jr., he helps us here to bless the Lord not just by singing these words, but by doing what the words and what the song talks about. I want to walk you through the verses. Now, I know we've already sung it, but what happens with some of these songs we've been singing since we were small, since we were young, um, we, we just kind of know them. Um, we just kind of go along. But I want you to kind of walk through this with me. Now, verse number one um, is a verse for those hard times that come in life. You know, we all face hard times. I, I imagine that... Um, Somebody in here this past week has been a difficult week for you. And today is just a day where you are just breathing in the air of God's goodness as you've just been here and just been listening and singing. Well, verse 1 talks about that. It says, When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed. I mean, that's quite an image, isn't it? You're being tossed up on the billows. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. And, And sometimes in our life, we come to that point. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. And so in the midst of those troubles, in the midst of those problems, just to take a little bit of time and, and, and begin counting your blessings, and you get surprised. Verse 2 helps during those times when we're burdened down with the cares of life. It might be bad things or it might be blessings. You know, burdens come in different shapes and sizes. Uh, it could be caring for a sick loved one Or it could be caring for a newborn baby. Uh, One of those times is kind of sad. One of those times is happy. But they both can be very burdensome as you're seeking to care for someone else. And verse 2 says, Are you ever burdened with a load of care? And all of us would have to say, Yeah, that's me. Uh, Add me to that list. Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Don't look at your spouse on that verse right there, okay? Um, Count... (laughs) Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. Because sometimes in the burdens of life, we begin to doubt God's goodness. We begin to wonder, why is God making me go through this? Why is God allowing this? Why is this happening in my life? I try to do right. I try to serve the Lord. But we know that God has purposes in what He allows us to go through. And then it goes on to say, and you will be singing, or count your many blessings, Um, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. So we go from being burdened down to being filled with song. And then we come to verse 3. And verse 3 helps us when we're tempted to be envious and jealous of other people. You know, you come in and you're uh, chitty-chitty bang-bang this morning, and somebody else pulls up to you and parks in a new car. And you're just like, God bless them. They're just Wonderful or they have a nicer house, or they have this, or or maybe you're struggling. You know, if we're not careful, we can begin to compare and get envious and jealous. And and verse three helps us to realize that is not the way that we're supposed to live. We have some blessings that God has given to us that money cannot buy. Look at verse three. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings. Watch this part. Money cannot buy. Hmm. your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. What do you have that money can't buy? You talk about a blessing. Just just sit down and make a list of that. What money can't buy? Verse 4 goes from the current conflict to the point where we reach the end of our earthly life. It encourages us to be uh, not discouraged because God is in control overall. He's going to help us. He's going to sustain us. He's going to comfort us. Verse 4 says, So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is overall. Counter many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you. Watch this to your journeys in. You know, often as people age, life seems to get harder and harder and you face more and more challenges. You, you find yourself at the doctor more and more. You find yourself caring for aged parents and, and loved ones. And it seems like just on and on in the conflict and the, the, the issues of life grow. But God has promised He will never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always be with us. He'll always give us comfort. He'll always give us help. And of course, then we come to the chorus, which we know so well, We're we're admonished to count our blessings and be specific, naming them one by one. And as we do that, it it helps us to see what God is doing. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Uh, How many times do we literally take the time to write them out one by one? We just say, well, family and for health and for strength. But we begin to write out specifically our family members' names. We begin to write out specifically, thank you, Lord, you allowed me to get up. Thank you that I can walk. Thank you that I can talk. Thank you that I can see. Thank you that I can hear. Thank you that I can do all these things. And then, Lord, thank You for my spiritual blessings. I have the forgiveness of sin. I have the promise of heaven. I have a peace that passes all understanding. You could spend the rest of the day writing down these things. And it says what? Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. And I think all of this fits very nicely with Psalm 68 where it talks about daily God loads us down with the benefits and blessings of life. Now listen, He does that daily. And I I don't know about you, but I think if He does it daily, giving us all these things, don't you think it's right that we daily say thank you? Not just on Thanksgiving week, not just on Thursday in November. Perhaps one of the reasons we struggle so much is because we don't do what this song encourages us to do. We don't take time to count our blessings. You know, some people, they want to count their problems. They want to count their issues. They want to count their heartaches. They want to count their headaches. And I'm not diminishing those things. I'm not making a light of those things. I understand we deal with those things. But how much better to spend some time counting our blessings and saying, thank you, Lord. That's why Thanksgiving, I believe, is such a wonderful holiday because the emphasis is not on getting, but on giving. Giving thanks. I feel so sorry for those that are atheists or agnostic and those who, who, who don't believe there's anybody to think, and, and they just feel thankful, and what do they do? Hey, we know who we ought to thank today. And, and we, we've started a tradition. I did it one year, and I thought, well, I don't know if I'll do it the next year, but they won't let me stop doing it. And so we started a tradition several years ago of decorating a Thanksgiving tree. And so you have a tag there in your hand or on your pew We want to give you a few minutes to to write down some of the things that you're thankful for. Now, here's how we're going to do this. There'll be some music playing, and here's how it's going to be very simple. You write down what you'd like to write on your card today, and when you're ready, you can just get up right where where you're at, and I want you to come and place these on the tree, and we'll give some time for you to have time to write out your thanksgiving, and then we'll give some time for you to put them on the tree. But whenever you're ready... And you can come as a family, you can come by yourself, and uh, you just place them all over that tree as a way of saying, God, thank you. I'm counting my blessings. I'm praising you. Thank you for blessing me and daily loading me down with your wonderful benefits and blessings. Let's begin giving thanks right now.